Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Mornings with Pastor Adam on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 6th, and uh, hopefully you all had a good start to your week yesterday. It's been rainy here on the West Coast, at least out here in California. Some people don't like the rain. Other people do. For me, I like I like it. I like it if it's just either one or the other. I want it to be either sunny or rainy. I don't like it when it's in between, you know, when I got to wake up and look outside and just see this big gray sheet of cloud that's just pasted across the sky. I like it when the sun is shining, when you're getting that vitamin D, you know. Now, today, I want to talk about a subject that I think it's interesting. I hear people talking about this concept of peaking in high school, you know. It's been almost 10 years since I graduated high school, and so lately I've been, I don't know, reminiscing, looking back, reflecting on my experience. For some people, high school is, you know, it's something that brings back great memories. Or for other people, high school is a time that they rather just not look back to, you know. But this concept of peaking in high school, I think it's interesting. Peaking in high school refers to when someone did really well in high school when it comes to popularity, athletics, academics even, and and so forth. And they did so well in high school, and everyone just loved them and all. But then they went on to graduate, and they ended up not doing so well out in the real world. So in other words, let's say you were, I don't know, homecoming king, right? You know, you were the, you know, you, you were the football captain maybe, and, uh, you know, you dated the hottest girl in your class. You know, she was the cheerleader, and <laughs> and all the kids at school just, just loved you. You were popular and everything. But 10 years after high school, you never moved out of your neighborhood, and you're working a dead-end job making... 15 bucks an hour, sleeping on your mom's couch, you know? <laughs> you see, you, you didn't really accomplish much in the real world. High school was as good as you could get. <laughs> so you're a loser now, you know, at least in the world's eyes. You know, that's what society maybe would label you. Now, I've known people who, after high school, they didn't really do much. There was this one guy we knew uh, years ago. 
Um, now, he was much older than me. I didn't go to high school with him. Um, but it was the saddest thing in the world because he had this gal and it was one of those, you know, it's complicated relationships. I hate hearing that, by the way. You know, people telling me, oh, you know, it's, it's complicated. You know, I'm like, I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's just stupid. You know, <laughs> don't tell me it's complicated. And this particular situation with this guy was stupid. <laughs> he was like 30 years old. So he was, you know, well over 10 years after high school. And he didn't have his own place. Now, I'll let, I'll let that slide because, you know, California sucks when it comes to the cost of living and stuff. But he was working as a cook at Pickup Sticks. He didn't really have much of a drive or motivation to do anything. But he really let this one girl on. He told her that one day they would get married. And she was like enamored with him. But he said to her, don't worry, we'll get married one day. But first, I gotta date other girls. He actually told this chick <laughs> that he was gonna marry her one day. But first, for, I don't know, for the sake of, uh, I don't know, discovering his inner self, I really don't know. He, he said he had to go, you know, go around, you know, and, and, and you know, like Costco, sample, sample around, and, and he had to date other girls first. <laughs> and this chick actually stuck around, waiting for him, which it never worked out. But it's sad because he would use her. It was the most pathetic thing. He, he didn't have any money because, you know, he was a cook at pickup sticks. <laughs> My sister was friends with this, uh, with this gal. Again, whatever she really was to him, whether or not he really saw her has his, his girlfriend or fiance, I don't know. And one day when they were all out to eat and my sister was there with them, they were with a big group of friends at, you know, a restaurant somewhere. And at the end of it, of course, the waiter brought everyone their checks, the bill. And when this guy, when he got his, you know, his bill, You'll love this. He just sat there and fiddled with the check, just looking at it. And then this gal, you know, his pseudo-girlfriend that he was leading on all these years, she just looked at him and reached out her open hand, you know, signaling to him, yeah, yeah it's okay, don't worry, I'll, I'll pay for it. <laughs> and so, you know, she's there sitting down, reaching out her hand, you know, her open hand, you know, go ahead, get, give me the check. And he goes ahead and just gives it to her. Now, my sister was sitting there at the table and she just couldn't help it. She just looked at him and said, are you kidding me? <laughs> and my sister said, you should be paying for her. You're really going to have her pay for you. Now, when my sister said this, the guy was just shocked. You know, he... <laughs> He, like, couldn't believe that my sister actually said something. Everybody else, apparently, at the table was shocked, too. Oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> she actually called him out. <laughs> but I remembered this was a guy who would talk about how he was such a great athlete in high school and how he used to play hockey. And we all went to an ice skating ring one time, and he was looking at some of the hockey players that were practicing in one of the rings, 
And he was like, oh, man, he was talking, oh, man, man, I, I wish I could just get out there and just, man, I, I bet I could, I, I could tear it up, man. You know, I bet I still got it back in high school, you know. You know, he, he was just reminiscing and all about how good, at, you know, in high school he was at hockey. <laughs> so perhaps high school was the best he could do in life, right? At least according to this whole concept. He perhaps was one we could, who, who, you know, we could say peaked in high school. Now, did I personally go to school with anyone who we could say peaked in high school? Interestingly, there's one kid that comes to my mind, but this was actually in middle school. Um, he switched schools once we all got to ninth grade. So I didn't roll with him in high school. Although I did hear that he was still a very popular kid at the high school he ended up going to. But in middle school, he was already getting the attention of a lot of girls, and he had a new girlfriend every few months. By the way, it's silly, you know, for kids to date in middle school, but, you know, anyway. <laughs> it was always ridiculous when you would hear a 13-year-old say things like, Oh, he cheated on me, you know, this, this gal's... Th it's, it's stupid. <laughs> But anyhow, this kid, he was popular. He was on the football team. Pretty athletic. Very cocky, too, you know. Wasn't a real nice kid. At least to me, because, <laughs> you know, in middle school, I was kind of the awkward kid. My high school years were good, but, you know, in middle school, I was still finding myself, I guess, you know. He was one of those bipolar friends. You know, one day he would act like he wanted to be your friend. Then another day, he would make fun of you at the lunch table in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> but anyhow, he was funny, I guess, and charming. And again, from what I hear, even when he switched schools and moved on to another high school, he was, you know, he was very popular. He kept all that popularity. Well, years go by, <laughs> and it's a small world, at least where I live. And from what I've heard, a couple years or so after he graduated high school, he got locked up. I think it was drug-related. It's actually quite sad. It's funny, this was a young white kid who grew up in the suburbs, but the guy talked and acted like he was, you know, a gangster. <laughs> like he was from the streets. <laughs> the way he carried himself. And he got all these tattoos and, and stuff, you know. <laughs> But he was the type of guy, I feel, I, I, it's funny, I, I think he wanted to get caught up with the wrong crowd just because he wanted to gain, I don't know, street cred. Because, you know, he, he grew up in the suburbs, he went to private Christian school, that's, that's only going to get you so much street cred. <laughs> but, you know, I guess he got caught up with the wrong crowd, got into drugs, got locked up a little bit after high school, he eventually got out of jail. And from what I've heard, he moved back home. But the problem, you know, is that going to prison, even if it was for a minor offense, and you weren't there that long, the issue is that it's, you know, it's going to stay on your record. You're always going to have to deal with that. And so getting jobs especially in today's economy. It's not easy as it is. It's even harder if you have a record. And so, 
What has this guy been doing recently in life? Well, about three months ago, I actually stumbled across him on social media. And right now, you know, again, he's nearing 30 years old. We all are. And he's currently working on music. He's trying to make it big. And so he's uploaded music videos that him and his buddies have filmed and, you know, have you know, put onto YouTube. And uh, these music videos are getting like anywhere between 100, 250 views. The problem is, even though the music videos aren't necessarily bad, as far as the quality goes, it's it's still, you know, I, I hate to be pessimistic, but anyone nowadays can film and make videos like that. Good camera equipment and all these types of things. Everyone has access to that type of stuff. And he's not getting tons of traffic on YouTube. He hasn't really even, from what I can tell, gotten the opportunity to play at many venues. I guess it's just kind of sad to see. Because after a while... How long is this dude going to try to invest all this time and energy into his music career? Or, you know, trying to acquire an actual career in music. When in reality, he could be spending all this time right now in his 20s. Working on other things to better himself. Getting a trade and so forth. And don't get me wrong. He might be doing all that on the side. I don't know. But, you know, I mean, it doesn't doesn't look like he's doing that. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. And so this guy I knew from back in the day, perhaps he's someone that we can say peaked in high school. He had a lot of promise, a lot going for him, but he got caught up with the wrong crowd and screwed up his life a bit. And now he's filming music videos, <laughs> you know, trying to get noticed. Now, how do we bring this concept of peaking in high school into the biblical framework? Well, as believers, we want to make sure that our entire lives are a continual peak. We want to be peaking spiritually. But you see, if you are peaking spiritually, you are going to peak in every other aspect in your life, including that of the temporal, earthly life and your everyday experiences in this life. If you want your life to get in order, make sure that you get your spiritual side down first. And this is what even, you know, Christian teachers in our private Christian schools often fail to stress to the kids. They tell children in the classes, all right, you know, make sure you study, work hard, go to college, and all. And right, yes, that, that all is important, I think. However, what needs to be ingrained into the minds of the young people first and foremost is that they need to be willing to give their entire lives over to God. And once you give your entire life and your future and everything over to God, you can be guaranteed that you will peak throughout your entire life. Your entire life will be one continuous peak. 
you will peak spiritually. And then as a result, you will peak in the other facets of this temporary earthly life. Mark 10, 29-31 Jesus said, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. And then Jesus says, but many who are first will be last and the last first. Okay, now. Jesus is not here saying that those who give their lives to him will become financially rich. <laughs> Don't read too much into the text. Don't read something that's not there. But rather, what he is saying, he's assuring that those who truly follow Jesus, those who truly follow him with a sincere heart, will have their material needs more than taken care of in this life. Notice how he mentions this present life. He's talking about now. He's assuring that, yes, there is blessing in this present earthly life that we're living in. But he also tells us that there will be persecution. So note that. He nowhere here is promising an easy Nothing but leisure-filled, carefree life for believers. Trouble will come from time to time. But God will still provide for our needs, you see. Warren Wiersbe wrote, quote, Jesus assured his disciples that no one who follows him will ever lose what is really important, either in this life or in the life to come. God will reward each one. However, we must be sure our motives are right. The well-known Christian industrialist of the 20th century, R.J. Letourneau, okay, I have no idea how to pronounce that, I'm just going to be real. <laughs> Hopefully I said that right. But Warren Wiersbe quotes, he used to say, if you give because it pays, it won't pay. If we sacrifice only to get a reward, that reward will never come. So, where is your heart? You want to truly peak? Then get your heart right with God. Now, I'm not talking about salvation or getting saved. Sure, absolutely that's the first step. You haven't done that yet, then do that first. But after you've received Christ into your heart then you need to make the choice to start following him. And that often requires a heart change. You're putting God before your ambitions and what you think is best for your life. But if you want to truly peak in life and experience a continual peak for the rest of your life, then kneel before the Father and say, Father, my life is yours. My gifts are yours. My talents, abilities, 
Now you show me what to do with them. And God will put you on a path that is the divinely ordained path that he has intended for your life, and you can't go wrong with that. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And to our young Christian teens who are frustrated in high school and they're experiencing bullying and peer pressure and all these types of things, well, when it comes to counseling them, and I'm trying to get practical now when it comes to just, you know, counseling our youths. You can perhaps use this idea of peaking in high school when you're encouraging some of these teenagers who are going through a lot. You, know, you, could, tell people, you could tell them, hey, don't worry about these jocks and bullies and mean girls, you know. <laughs> don't worry about them. High school doesn't last forever. And a lot of these kids that you see now, the not nice ones, the cocky ones, they're, they're just peaking maybe right now. But a lot of them won't get very far, especially if they try to take that arrogant, bullying type of attitude out in the real world. <laughs> what matters is for you to right now, in your young teen years, build a foundation upon solid ground so that you will always stay standing even when it gets tough. And those are the people who will always be on a continual peak throughout their lives. Those are the people who will stay focused, even when it gets tough. And eventually they will receive that glorious crown. For Paul wrote, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So God bless you. And remember, God does want you to start peaking in your life. But the only way that happens is if you give your life completely over to him. So, this has been Mornings with Pastor Adam on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. God bless all of you. Tomorrow morning, I will have published uh, the Jonah study that I'm going to be teaching tonight at my church. We're going to be getting through Jonah chapter 3. So, I'll have that content up for you tomorrow morning. And then I will address all of you personally again on Thursday morning. So God bless you. And again, I would encourage you to please share this podcast episode with someone who you believe might be blessed by it. <laughs>